This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. On this episode of Crown Jewels, the Harry and Meghan documentary concludes. But will Harry and William's feud ever come to an end? From the royal wedding to the royal exodus, what led to Meghan and Harry stepping down from their royal duties? And more importantly, who really leaked Meghan's letter to the press? We are back with another episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed, presented by Betches Media. I'm Lex Nico. And I'm Samantha Bush. And as always, we are here to break down the latest in royal updates and hot gossip. So this week we are dedicating to the final three episodes of the Meghan and Harry documentary. Yes, I am very excited. And if you didn't catch last week's episode where we covered the first three episodes, make sure you listen to that first so that you're all caught up. So Sam, before we jump into the documentary, it's time for Tea and Crumpets this week's top royal family stories. Do you want to start us off with some royal subjects for our royal subjects? Uh, Absolutely, I do. So the first topic that we are going to cover today is Prince Harry and Prince William are done after the docuseries. Done-zo. This is not surprising to me whatsoever. The Vanity Fair is reporting that William is not speaking to Harry as he worries anything he will say will end up in a book or a TV show. Yeah. And I mean, I get that, but we'll also get into the final three episodes of the docuseries. And I think it kind of plays both ways, right? And we also heard in this Vanity Fair article that officials at the palace are claiming that Netflix had never approached them for comment on the docuseries. And there's this claim at the beginning of the series that says that they were reached out to for comment. They declined. And then they kind of backpedaled a little bit at the palace saying that, yeah, we were approached by a third party, but we didn't really know that that production company was repping Netflix or Harry and Meghan. And I'm just like, okay. And this is, I just want to remind everybody, just a quick little reminder here is <laughs> Lex and I were not like Meghan and Harry stands. Like, we did not go into this documentary being like, they are 100% right. The mm-hmm. palace is wrong. Like, the documentary really changed at least from my perspective, like the way I think about them. So to see the palace kind of like scurrying around, like trying to be like, well, they didn't ask. Actually, they did ask, but we didn't know. It's like, you guys got to cool it. They have to cool it. They have to And cool it's it. almost like this behavior, exactly what you're saying. You're not speaking for yourself. You're speaking for both of us. I very much was on you know, neutral or even erring on the side a little bit of having opinionated judgment Mm -hmm. toward the two of them because it really just burned my bubbles that they hadn't done anything when they started Archwell Audio and then they dipped before Archetypes. And I was always a little bit critical of like, well, what are you two doing? And sure, you're filming a docuseries and stuff, but like, what's really going on? So I would Mm -hmm. say like, I was fairly critical. But this behavior by Buckingham Palace almost continues to drive me into their camp. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like, the more that they act up, the more I'm like, okay, Megan and Harry are definitely on the right side of history here. Like, you guys are clown jesters. Like, they're fucking around and they're finding out over at the palace. That that is so true. The palace is quite literally fucking around and finding out. It's kind of kooky. And you know what is so interesting? I think of everything to come from this docuseries, and I I will admit, I don't think that there was anything that was too outrageous that we hadn't really heard before. And, you know, I I still have the feeling of like, okay, well, like, what are we going to talk about now? But like, I think it's just the mere fact that they are being so candid with exposing this narrative over and over and over again that the palace is not used to anybody in the firm in their family, kind of stepping Here, outside of the box anywhere. like this. Right. right, exactly. And it's interesting because like Diana might have had like flickers of trying to do this and attempting to do this, but like she was always shut down. Mm-hmm. But Harry and Meghan are like, uh-uh. Yeah, they're like, we're in America now. Yep. We can quite literally do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the next topic is Harry and Meghan want a private sit down with the royal family. 
So, I mean, this is according to the Sunday Times. So, I mean, (laughs) we're going to just kind of take that with a grain of salt. But so they're hoping to meet with King Charles and Williams to kind of tackle the issues that were in the docuseries. Yeah. Which kind of goes hand in hand with the first Dean Crump. But like it's. Right. It's like, are you going to address this? And like, I'm sure that they would be willing to address this privately. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of this rumor stemmed from the fact that Buckingham Palace did show up. They, you know, made things right, quote unquote, with Ngozi Fulani, who, again, is the domestic violence advocate that was um, questioned at the palace. And I think that the pair, they want to hash out their issues once and for all, or that's what the Sunday Times is claiming. Mm -hmm. And especially they'd like to hash it out before Charles's coronation. Now, that being said, I just feel like if they publicly made things right with Miss Fulani, like are we going to see some sort of public reconciliation with the royal family? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know. feel like Charles and Harry might have a combo. Yes. And I think here is the thing. I do believe I am, you know, King Charles, BKE, big king energy. <laughs> yeah. He, I think that he really wants to represent the monarchy in a more modern light. And now he is the one in power and feels the capabilities to do so. So I could see him trying to do something like this to be like, let's show face as the monarchy. You are still blood and a part of this family. Mm -hmm. Now with William, I don't know. I have no idea. William seems a little bit hurt. (laughs) A little bit. Well, I mean, there's so much to talk about with the docuseries. Like, we have to get into it immediately. Mm-hmm. So are you ready to make it rain? Of course. Um, like we said before, just want to remind everyone to check out last week's episode because we are here to make it rain on the final three episodes of the Harry and Meghan docuseries. And then we will give our final thoughts on the docu as a whole. So yeah. let's break it down episode by episode. Starting with episode four, and I think this is going to be a really fun one to talk about because it yes. focused so much on the wedding day. It really did. Like, it started off, like, immediately we were hearing wedding bells. Mm-hmm. We were seeing the Going people cheering. The chapel. <laughs> I was loving it. Like, she said she was like, I was so calm the day of. Like, mm-hmm. I just was so excited. And then the drive to the church. I know. It was crazy. When they showed the drive, and you know what? Again, like this is to to kind of highlight the point that we made off the top of like, we're kind of impartial. She was like, I didn't know the wedding was going to be as like popular as it was. And I'm like, Megan, come on. Like sometimes the things that come out of your mouth, I just cannot justify. But I I do understand, I think what her intention was in saying that is like, when she was talking about the drive and her mom and her in the car, seeing everybody lined up on both sides and them mm-hmm. being like, oh, my God, like this is a 15 minute drive and it is packed with people side, like side by side. So mm-hmm. like, I think that's what she means. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm like, sometimes you just say things, girl. And I'm like, I know. On. And it's like, it's like, I think she thought, oh, my God, OK, it might be on social media People might be watching it, but like people aren't really going to show up. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to people aren't really going to be like that. They are and they did and they were there, you know, but like you said both sides of the road, her and her mom, I loved seeing them and the drive and how just excited oh. everyone was and like happy and like it was beautiful and like watching her get out of the car, like it was just so special and it I just had reminded chills. me. I know, it like I remember waking up at mm-hmm, like three too. in the morning or something, yep. four in the morning, and watching it. Like I was so excited. Yeah, I had. I was like, "What is she going to wear?" And I feel like I was like getting emotional rewatching like that scene when she stepped out and then her long train <gasps> on those stairs and she turned around and waved. Like even now, I'm getting I goosebumps have chills. <laughs> because I'm just like I remember how exciting of a day was and it's it's like giving like Kyle Richards everybody was so happy, happy that, that day, day. <laughs> literally it is giving Kyle Richards it's like just seeing at the dress and the veil and the like 
the tiara, like it was so perfect. And it was beautiful. People shit on that dress. Yeah. Yeah. They do. I had feelings about it. I didn't love it. Oh. I didn't love it. But seeing it again, you I actually it liked it. Yeah. Because you know what? I was very much comparing it to Kate. Mm. And like, again, that same feeling of Kate stepping out of the car and her sister fixing her train and just like, oh. My God. oh my goodness. Like, yeah. And you know, like, I just, I really, looking back, I can admit I didn't love the dress, but seeing it this time, I was like, no, this is beautiful. I think it's one of those dresses um, that it, it's it's better in like hindsight. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those dresses where it's like in the moment you're like, oh yeah, it's like a beautiful dress. I like it. I mean, Megan can wear anything, honestly, Correct. and it would look good. I don't think Megan could wear like a slime green um dress (laughs) um but time will tell yeah but this dress i mean it was beautiful people people are always like why wasn't it you know ironed i'm like well she was sitting in the car so i know and like megan had the curse of the wrinkles and i always it wasn't until we started hearing all the negative stuff in the press that i was like maybe actually like the royal stylist is like bamboozling her because i always noticed wrinkles on her but again like i think it's just the material of the dress she looked beautiful. I did love, it was very Megan, her simple hair, like yes. her low bun. And I like that she just commits to what she knows. And I'm assuming it's because that like, you know, makes her feel comfortable and good. And, and also she looked classic. herself, like mm-hmm. her makeup was flawless. Like you could see her freckles. <sighs> like She was truly striking. And then, my man. Yeah. I'm going to let you go for it because you texted me about this. This is your time to shine. I couldn't believe it. Like, there he was, like a knight in shining armor, just (laughs) waiting to take Megan down the aisle. So obviously her dad was not attending the wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was like, okay. So she walked. I believe she entered by herself and then met him. And then they walked the rest of the way down with Charles. And he was, like, so happy. He was so, like, willing to do that for her when she asked. And then we find out that then he we find out the gospel choir. Mm-hmm. That picked- like rocked my fucking world. Like the orchestra and the and gospel, the gospel choir. choir. He is like, you know, he's just a musical king. And yes. that really, really surprised me because I remember that day everyone was like, oh my God, this is so monumental. Like she's mm-hmm. having this gospel choir. It's like such a statement and it's so beautiful. And like I was loving it, and I just could not believe that good old Chuck, like, (laughs) picked the gospel choir. And you know what was so interesting, Harry noted, was that his dad went around to different choirs Mm -hmm. across England and put that group together and Mm -hmm. helped select that group. So And now they're called the Kingdom Choir. Yes, like, it just further shows that, I think first, like, Charles, he loves his music. We've seen the videos of him dancing all the good times. The man loves a beat. (laughs) Yeah, he sure does. But I think finding a way to find that um, connection between, you know, so much of that was sort of like in direct reflection of Megan and her heritage and her community and like bringing that in and showing that genuine care and like time that he put in. I just, again... This episode really had me in my feels in like a positive way. Yeah. It made me sad too because like when they were showing Megan walking up to Harry, we saw like William smiling and kind of chatting, side chatting with Harry. And like it made me so sad to see that knowing where they are now. Yeah. Like it just, again, like it's so bittersweet and it broke my heart. It's so sad. And you know, then they get married. It's beautiful. The reception was like oh, absolutely gorgeous, and that stunning. Dress. Oh my gosh. That dress, when she walked out no, in that no. dress and he walked her to the car, like iconic. Couldn't handle it. I still look at those pictures and she's wearing the blue, the ring. blue diamond. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Like, I couldn't get over it. They're so fucking in love. They're so happy. I can't get enough. And then we, you know, After the wedding, they are now at Nottingham Cottage. Yes. Is where they're living. And it's on a slant. (laughs) On a slant. It's giving um, Kate Winslet's house in the holiday. holiday. Like everything's a little wonky, but like Mm -hmm. cute and charming. Like, yes. It's cute. But, and like, 
I like how they're trying to get across, like, we're aware that this is still on Kensington Palace grounds. Like, we're not saying that we're living in, you know, squalor, but they're like, we weren't living in like a palace. We Harry's head kept hitting the ceilings, like Megan in that doorway. Yeah, and it was like cute to see them in this like little place. And the queen came over, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh. And Oprah came over. (laughs) Yeah. Oprah came over and she was like, okay. (laughs) She's like, this is something. Yes. And I think again, like this is the thing that this docuseries gave me that I needed more of from Harry and Meghan was like those intimate moments, like to just realize how in this together they actually were. Mm -hmm. And like seeing those behind the scene photos and him like, in his um, uniform with all the boxes on the floor or like hoeing in the back or whatever it was. Refurnishing the doorways. Yes. It's just like, I love seeing them as normal people. I do too. As normal as you can be living in a palace, whether it's a tiny slanted shack or not. (laughs) I know. And then we get like a really sweet moment with her and the queen, which we kind of already knew from the Oprah interview. I felt like we already knew about that. Um, whole interaction. But that was another one of my sort of favorite moments. First of all, I loved that outfit she was wearing, the Valentino taupe outfit. Like that beigey kind of color was Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And I feel like there were images of her and the queen like giggling with each other. And she talked about how the queen put the blanket on her. Mm -hmm. And she, um, you know, was like, I treat her like my grandmother. And I was so close with my grandmother. So it felt like I had family. Mm -hmm. Which again, like, it does feel like these two were just like hoping so badly and so desperately to be accepted by a family. Yeah. Instead, they were put in. Instead, yes. But within that time, there was that moment of silence when she was with the queen mm-hmm. for the Grenfell fire. And that sort of sparked Megan's first solo initiative, right? She started to develop a relationship with the women who were ousted from that complex and they were cooking for their community in this small space, in this small kitchen, and they needed funds. And that's when she made the recommendation and the suggestion of the cookbook because she actually Mm -hmm. ended up going back and volunteering with them on a pretty frequent basis. Yeah, I loved hearing that because I remember hearing about this cookbook and I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I didn't get it. I feel like I didn't know that it had anything to do with the Grenfell fire. I feel like I didn't know. I am. I was like so I didn't know unaware. That either. Okay, you didn't. No, I, had I didn't no know clue. that, and I didn't like click with the moment of silence. No, like I just really never thought about it. And so to see what she did for them and how she just like kind of rolled up her sleeves and she was like, "I'm I'll cook in here with you. I don't yeah. care." And she threw this, you know, launch party for the book to sell books. And it was just really, really sweet. And it really just showed, like, again, this is kind of like the common thread throughout the whole docuseries is, like, they really loved working for the royal oh family. Oh, my gosh. Like, and this is something they loved. It. Yeah. They were great at it. And, like, we can use the example of the Australia tour. Mm-hmm. Megan was pregnant. They find out she's pregnant. They have the Australia tour. It's yeah. nonstop and it is wild. Yeah. I remember seeing those pictures and people were like, oh, she's in sandals. I know. I was like, you guys need to get a life. <laughs> they were like forced to announce her pregnancy, right? Because mm-hmm. she was already starting to show. Mm-hmm. And so they went on this whirlwind tour and things were going so well. And then mm-hmm. that's sort of when things took. A turn because Meghan's popularity was soaring. And Mm -hmm. Harry claims that things took a turn on Remembrance Day in 2018 when the entire family, including the queen, may she rest, um, was there and Meghan was the front page. And they showed the the newspaper and the queen's like in a tiny little thumbnail image in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. And so he, you know, this is sort of one of the first times that he relates it to Diana where she's like, Megan's like, that's not my fault. Like, it's not my fault. I don't choose the front page of the news. And Harry's kind of like, I know. And my mom felt the same way. And this is where we kind of start to see the cracks. And the then- kingdom starts crumbling. Yes. Because like- it was really weird because they played the flashback interview of Diana being like, after the Australia tour, for her, she was so popular with people. It mm-hmm. went so well. And she's like, 
I remember people would be like, oh, I'm on the wrong side if that was the side Charles was on instead of the side she was walking on during their walkabouts. Right. And that was the exact same experience that uh, Harry and Meghan had. And then, I mean, like they say in the documentary, you can't be more popular, quote unquote, than the monarch, like the head monarch. The head monarchs. No matter how much good you're doing, that is their perception. And it's like... I think Harry and Meghan are like, why couldn't they just like use us? Like, oh my gosh, use us yes. as vehicles to like help the monarchy. But instead, they're so wildly insecure that wildly. they just they couldn't they couldn't do that. And they root their insecurities in tradition, right? Mm-hmm. So they validate and justify those insecurities in tradition. And then instead of again, because there's the royal rota and it's a cycle, instead of reprimanding the media, that's when we start to see things turn and stories and conversations start to change. Like with Megan being pregnant and the comparisons of pregnant Kate and pregnant mm. Meg. Very different. Like the, the belly cupping. The, the bell. I will never forget that. Like mm-hmm. I remember seeing that everywhere. That was yes. everywhere. It was like Megan's holding her bump. And that I it's so crazy because it's like I remember seeing the comments on Instagram posts start to change. Like, yep. people's comments started to change. It was like, it was really wild. And then to see them, and they did it during the Oprah interview too, just a little bit, but here a lot, you know, more, is the comparison between her and Kate with the avocado and the baby bump. Yes. and the, the off-the-shoulder the, dress. The off-the-shoulder dress. Like, everything was different. And, you know, Harry, and then the linking of her to terrorists, like, Oh my it was gosh. so fucked up. And to see it just laid bare like that and just hit after hit, you're just like, oh, how did she do this? Like, I don't understand how the fuck you can watch this documentary and like not get why they left. I don't get it. I- exactly. I I 1000% agree with that. And like, again, we get Queen Doria, love of my life, talking. Oh my God, love her. Again, a tearjerker moment when she was, getting so emotional, speaking about how Meg was depressed and she was thinking of ending her life. And she's like, as a mother, that really broke my heart. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I know. It's devastating. And but you I don't lo- think about it as a spectator, right? right. Like, and again, I will be the first to admit that I've been critical and opinionated Same. on this couple. But like when you're hearing this recount from them, it is hard not to empathize and be like, whoa, like, you were really in some shit and yeah. nobody in your family that you were so excited to have mm-hmm. were helping you. That you're like living with. Yes. It's like they're all living together and working together and no one is helping you. And I got to tell you, her dumbass friends. I know. I was like, some people tried to help you and that did not go well. Fucking <laughs> idiots. Like I, when the girl, like the best intentions the yes. best Abigail, but, her suits oh co-star. Abigail. Like, I, I'm sorry. I adored her in this docuseries because you can see how much she cares about her friend. I will like, give deeply. her that. Oh, deeply. that's the thing. It was so well intended, mm-hmm. but like it was so not it. I know. Like stay out of it. This is not for you to be doing like, oh God. Oh God. It was so bad. And then, like, to see the truth behind the baby shower and, like, who really threw the baby shower. And then we got to meet the nanny, who Uh, I'm obsessed with. I know. I love her. And, like, she threw a little Archie in a mud cloth. I know. I was like, this is the best. Like, they really had, like, such a very sweet life when it was very, like, when it was their home life, you know? I know. And it was really, like... Again, you can just see their excitement about the possibility and potential of their future in a lot of the behind the scenes. And it just, it went so wrong. So, so wrong. And we pretty much end the fourth episode with the whole interview that she had where she was asked if she was okay. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not okay. But thank uh-huh. you for asking. And no again, one has asked. Again, when I first watched that, I was like, Megan, oh my gosh. But now I'm like, She was like, I was trying to hold back tears watching her, understanding what she was actually going through. So Mm -hmm. then to have that fresh perspective, it's like, I also had to give her props because I was like, how are you not bawling your eyes out? At all times. 
I am such a baby. I would be crying constantly. If that man asked me if I was okay. If anyone asked me if I was okay, I'd start crying. Yeah. Would be unbelievable. Let's discuss episode five. Yeah. All right. Because this was a huge focus on Thomas Markle and his interviews. And he was giving interviews to the press. They were the paparazzi shots of him sitting reading a book at a restaurant. And I'm sorry, that is so funny when he was reading (laughs) the palaces of England or something like that was so fucking funny. Listen, it's not nice. It's but not nice. It's funny, like watching him like Google like the royal family. I know it, it made me laugh a little bit. And I, know. I like feel for this old man in a sense because it's like you were being played so hard by whatever publicist roped you in mm-hmm. or whatever. And you know what? It just it's sad. Like she she talks in the episode four about how like she feel felt like she lost her father in the whole wedding chutzpah. So like now to move on to this and see his interview starting to play out, seeing those paparazzi shots, she ends up going to the queen and senior members of the royal family for help. And she wants Mm -hmm. to know what to do. And they recommend that she writes him a letter, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, how am I going to get this to him? So they have to make sure that it gets to him in an extremely secure way. And then within that letter being sent, it was leaked. Mm-hmm. It was just leaked. Yeah, she said that she saw the signature on it that, like, it was delivered. Yes. And she was like, that's not his signature. Yes. Yeah. And she didn't recognize his handwriting. Right. And so that letter was leaked. And then I believe when it was leaked, there was a bunch of stuff that was, like, pulled out of it and redacted. So you couldn't actually get a full scope of what she was trying to say. Basically, the media redacted a bunch of parts of the letter. Mm-hmm that shed her in a positive light. And Mm -hmm. publishing that letter is illegal because it's private mail. And so she took legal action. And the palace was pissed about it. Yes, the palace advised her not to take legal action. And she's like, but you told me to write the letter. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, they, so uh, the palace just does themselves no favors. And I feel like they've just gotten away with this type of behavior for literally, I mean, Hundreds of years. And um, Meghan Markle's like, this is not okay. I don't know who you think you are. It's insane that mm-hmm. like this is where we're starting to see her being used as a scapegoat. And again, I understand the family's justification in that they're like, well, this is how we traditionally deal with things. But this is something that's illegal. And my right. people... Buckingham Palace, my friends, like you got to figure out a different way to do your it. Family and you're just hopping along, like I know, no, absolutely not. And that so, was what they were really trying to get a, their point across. Like, you guys, there's so many other horrible things that are that people have done. Let's say in the royal family that, like, I don't know, Prince Andrew, for example. Mm-hmm. That, like, never gets brought up, really, like, is rarely on the front page of anything. And there Megan is eating avocados and holding her baby bump. Like, it's crazy. It's it's absurd. And that, like, again, my biggest takeaway is, like, you just cannot argue. When you know what's going on with Prince Andrew and all of that shit, and then you see Megan plastered in some negative way with some fluff story on the front, front page of the times like you cannot argue that they did not use this woman as a scapegoat in every situation that they could they Mm -hmm. just decided well she's popular they like her well great she's popular we're gonna use her in this way and that was that so it was really impacting her mental health harry recognized it and they end up moving to vancouver island they want to be away from london away from the royal rota And they still want to work for the queen, but just not with the press. And the Mm -hmm. press was like, we're not having it. No. No, no, no. And they found them and were torturing them. Sick. And the paparazzi in the boats. They were on boats. No. The drones, (sighs) the drones. They talked about drones. I was like, oh my God, this is like torture. It's torture. It's really, it made me feel claustrophobic for them. Mm -hmm. Like I felt this like such tense anxiety. 
just from watching it. And I was like, these poor people are like, and I want to drive this point home again. They're just asking for safety and privacy in the sense of like, they're not being followed. Like, they don't mind being famous. They were both famous before. And they wanted to work for the queen. But let's build off of your point and also highlight the fact that they were asking for safety and security and privacy from the paparazzi and media because Harry's mother was murdered by the paparazzi paparazzi and media. Exactly. I don't know how that's not like resonating with people and like how they're like just not getting that. Yeah. But it's bizarre and it's frustrating and I can't imagine how they felt in that moment. And, you know, they were like, okay, like we got to have a family meeting. Yeah. They're going to have a family meeting. And they did, but without Megan. They did without Megan. They, again, loved working for the queen. And I will say this, like, they were good at it. From the moment that girl and Harry stepped out representing the royal family, they were on it, like, Mm -hmm. polished and perfect. And they were actually offering to pay to do it themselves so that Mm -hmm. there could never be any conversation or discussion about taxpayer dollars, they could remove public interest, but they still wanted to work for and represent the queen and the monarchy. So they were like going to move to South Africa and then they were going to move back to Canada. And all in all, this comes down to this family meeting where conveniently Meghan was not there and William, Charles and Harry have words. (laughs) They certainly have words. Um, William or Harry said that William had shouted at him Mm -hmm. um, and said it was he's like, I've never like William has never done that like that. You know, it was it was probably it probably shook him up. Um, Oh, my gosh. I know that it did because that's basically what he said. So I don't know why I said that. (laughs) It probably shook him up. I mean, I haven't talked to him this week, but (laughs) but I think he was a little shaken up by his his brother screaming in his face. But so they gave them five options ranging Mm -hmm. from like 100 percent in to not at all. And Harry was like, "Okay, then like we'll do option number three, which it was like 50 50. It was like, "Okay, like we'll live in Canada and do live there, but we'll work for the queen. Yes. And that was like not real. Those options weren't really ever real. Like, correct. They were just kind of thrown out there, but that was never something Charles and William and the Queen were really on board with. And I have to tell you, I hate throwing the Queen in this because mm-hmm. I feel like at this time, I mean, what? She's like 99 years old. She's like sitting at this table with these idiot boys and she's like, what she doesn't want to do? I'm tired. I'm tired. I She's still have to tired. deal with Andrew over here, and you She's are like, all <sighs> giving me a headache and making more work for my old sweet buns. <laughs> I know, and I mean, we all saw what Philip looked like at this time. Oh, gosh, so he yes, was, he was not looking good. But <laughs> people were not doing too well. He was not doing well, and um, Harry was like, "All right, well, fuck you guys. Like mm-hmm. that's insane." Uh And then, like, after this meeting, there was a joint statement, in quotes, put out by William and Harry. Yes. So there's a joint statement. And the way that it was joint was that they shared a communications team. And the statement went out. So everyone assumed that this was, like, squashing the story about their royal exit, being linked to William bullying them, and that sort of thing. And in truth... William had taken his, you know, privilege and went out of his way to have the story released as a joint statement by the shared comms team. But nobody asked Harry's permission to put his name on that statement. And it was in that moment that I that Harry and Meghan were like, we're we're not doing this. We're never going to stop. Never stop. And I, I'm glad. I mean, I hate that this happened to them, but I'm glad that they reached a point where they were like, they threw their hands up and yeah. they were like, all right, like, if this is never going to stop, what what are we going to do? We can't keep arguing back and forth about it. And like, we can't argue it. We are not allowed to stand up for ourselves internally. So this this is what it is. This is the situation that we're dealing with. And now mm-hmm. it's like survival mode, right? Like, and I think the other thing that's, interesting to point out is they went back to the UK and they were supposed to see the queen and she, Mm -hmm. Harry called up the queen and she was like, I'm free all week. And then he was prepping to come 
And her aides were like, oh, she didn't know. She's busy. And then she spoke to him on the phone and she's like, yeah, I'm busy all week. So I actually didn't realize it and I can't see you. Like, your grandmother. Mm -hmm. This is like, again, the extent of, I want to say pettiness because it's pettiness, but also I cannot stress enough that these people feel justified in their action and behavior because of the tradition of the monarchy. And that to me is just unforgivable at this point in the docuseries. Like, this is where I'm really starting to be like, what were they thinking? Like, in what mind are they thinking that any of this is going to end well for either sides? I know. And this, Harry then says this quote that really stuck with me where he was like, "There," because after the whole joint statement thing, he called them and was like, you guys need to correct this. Like, this is not what happened. And they wouldn't do it. And he goes, okay, so they're willing to take a stand and not do this to lie for my brother, but they're not willing to tell the truth to protect me and my wife and my family. Yeah. Like, okay, this, we now see this very clearly for what it is. And how was that? And that was that. And, you know, then they kind of started to think about their plans. And while this was all happening, like, I think I don't even want to call it a peak because I feel like it's been a sustained peak since this moment. But like, this is where we start to realize how bad things were. And there were these social media trolls and they had the CEO of a company called Bot Sentinel, Christopher Boozy, talking about the fact that, quote, 70 percent of the hateful content about Megan came from just 83 accounts that were determined to slander her. Mm-hmm. 83 accounts on the internet. That's it. Mm-hmm. 70% of the hateful content reaching 17 million people mm-hmm. just made to slander her. And then there was a claim that you brought up earlier that Megan's estranged half-sister, good old Samantha, I can't. I can't with these Markles. I cannot. I fucking, they are not Markle sparkles. What is in the water in the Markle? Like I'm land. not proud of them. No, they're terrible monsters. And the fact that those 83 accounts had that much reach, I know, is so mind blowing. And I mean, it it really just goes to show, like, oh, this is this is how this all really gets spread and how misinformation. Just as a play. You light a match, you drop it, and it just takes fire. It really does. It's it really, really it's really, really scary. And I think this, again, part of the documentary started to freak me out and put things into perspective. And it made me sad for them. And it made me also angry in the sense that, like, I don't think I fully grasped how afraid and alone that they were. Mm-hmm. And you just, like... I just didn't realize that, you know, and like she she has this quote. And can I read the long quote that oh, we kind of like go into where she yeah. starts to cry yeah. um, in the camera? And again, it just like the emotions are running high. She says, I think for people to really understand, you know, when you plant a seed that is so hateful, what it can grow into. I mean, just a couple of days ago, I was going through the manual for our security team at home. And on one of the pages I happened to flip to. It was about online monitoring. And they're like, if you see a tweet like this, please report it to the head of security. And the tweet just said, Megan just needs to die. Someone needs to kill her. Maybe it should be me. And she goes on to say, I'm a mom. That's my real life. And that's the piece when you see it and you go, you are making people want to kill me. It's not just some story. You are making me scared. Like, are we safe? Are the doors locked? Is the security on? That's real. And like, that is just... Chilling. Chilling. You do not think about that. Like, no. And she talks about, too, how for a while she was like, oh, they're just tabloids. No one really cares. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And they would laugh about the pregnancy stuff, the comparisons in the pregnancy. Like, but then it starts to get into this where people are trolling and being hateful and threatening. And now it's scaring her. And like she said, she's like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you wanting people to hate me so much that they want to kill me? Mm -hmm. It was so devastating because she honestly wasn't that emotional, like, really any other time in the documentary. Girl did not cry when the interviewer asked if she's okay. I cannot say that enough. I know. And so I'm like, 
the fact that she's crying, like this is something that deeply affects her. And Mm -hmm. it really, I mean, I've gotten hate online before and it is nothing compared to that, like what she gets, like let me tell you. But it's the worst feeling. It's the worst. It is horrible. It makes you question yourself and like, did I do this? Even if you know that they're wrong, I've still wanted to feel like, okay, I I have to prove them that they're wrong and I'm right. And like, I felt that on such a small microscopic level. Yep. I cannot fucking imagine people fi- going on boats to find me in my house, like helicopters, drones, like hate mail, death threats. Like, that's insane. To write fake stories about you or also to feel so passionately about disliking you to say that you deserve to die or be killed and maybe I should be the one to do it. Like, it was a witch hunt for Mm -hmm. this woman. And Harry talks about that in the series too, where he's like, she takes the brunt of the blame when they finally decide to depart and step down as senior royals. And it was a witch hunt that this woman came into his life and changed him. Mm -hmm. And Megan talks about the fact- Broke up the brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I'm like- Please. I would have loved to see the Fab Four for so long, but that was nothing to do with Mm -hmm. these two. Like they said that they would have done this for the rest of their lives. They loved it. They loved doing it. And we all wanted it to work out. Megan and Harry wanted it to work out, but it didn't. And it is what it is. And that's not Megan's fault. Mm -hmm. And she says, she's like, Harry was on his own path when I met him. He would never have been attracted or interested in someone like me if he wasn't. So this idea that I came in and just like ruined his life and, you know, took him away is like not what happened at all. And not at all. You know, she explains it really beautifully. And then, of course, we get the iconic final tour. Like, I mean, again, a game. I have to give these two like they they were always on their A game and mm-hmm. seeing them interact with the people and seeing them when they were actually representing the queen, like you could not get enough of them. No, Undeniable. they were perfect. Mm-hmm. And the way that he was like, we wanted to go out with a bang. We did. Like we, yep. there's a reason why Megan wore every color. There's a reason why yes. like, we were on it. And having that with like the, juxtaposition of them like packing up their lives and like moving like looking at all this stuff it was just like these two I mean swan song is my hope for them now it really like I I just want the best for them I know I mean we do have a whole other episode to like cover I mean so we'll get into all of that but yeah it was a really it was a really beautiful way to end the the fifth episode yes that dress which one? The Which one was dress. your favorite? The blue dress in the rain the with the umbrella. That was that beautiful. That is like my favorite photo of them. It's like new people, phoenix rising from the ashes to me. Like Literally. They're just like, fuck I do. you. <laughs> no, seriously. They were double bird finger. Double bird flipping. Yeah. I'm doing it in the picture of her walking into the church in the green dress and she he's looking straight ahead and she's looking at the camera. Uh-huh. I was like, get it, bitch. Yeah. Like you get it. <laughs> and Harry was like, it looked cold and it felt cold. Yeah. Like it was definitely there was definitely some tension there. Oh, and absolutely. he was like, I mean, I would hate them too. Like if I was like some crotchety old balding white guy, <laughs> I would hate them too. See, I'm I'm I loved them. And like, I loved. See, we're like smiling. You guys can't see us, but we're glowing. We're like, we can't stop. Can we get into episode six and uh, how I totally flipped on Tyler Perry? Talk to us about Tyler Perry, Sam. I texted Lex something so inappropriate about Tyler Perry. Oh, boy. I love him. I can't get enough. I find him to be so sexy. I don't know who I am. I was like not into Tyler Perry at all. I was like, oh my God, he's so annoying. Like Tyler Perry is the worst. 
And now I'm like, heart of gold. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. I would back that ass up on Tyler. Oh like God. I was out of control. The way that I he just swooped in, <laughs> swooped in mm-hmm. with his big arms and, you know, helped them because it, now it's COVID. Yep. COVID hit um, like a they, week they or two move. weeks after. They're like, we're in fucking Canada. We got to go. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And they they want to go homeland. back to America. Dory yeah. is there. They need to get somewhere like that's a home base and with family. She reaches out. Megan reaches out to Tyler. And he's like, yeah, no sweat. Just uh, stay in my McMansion and like, uh, we'll over. fly you down and we'll get you security and build new walls for you and anything that Literally. you need. He was like, we'll build. He's like, we'll build fencing. Yeah. He's like, like that's fine. No problem at all. Yeah, it just is so crazy. Like, it was just the most random person, like, to just come in and just help them out was Tyler Perry. Like, okay, but can I tell you my theory? Can I put on my Yes. I think they're in the Illuminati now. Lex, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Beyonce's <clears throat> texting her. Mm, Tyler Perry's swooping in, saving the day. Come on, Samantha. Hey, if that's what the that's what gets you in the Illuminati, like I'll I'll be in the Illuminati. They are in the Illuminati. You know what? Or let them. They were supported by the Illuminati. The let Illuminati them. came together and said, "We are going to step up for these two. Now, if it was like Tom Cruise who called them, my <laughs> ears would be Scientology. My ear, I know, but my ears would be perked up, and I'd be like, "Oh, they're in trouble." And like. But- it's Tyler Perry. I'm. I don't think they're the Illuminati. I do love that theory though because it's funny. If I go missing next week, I know. Like literally, it's like the one time I talked about the mob on my podcast. I was so scared. It's like, oh god. We see their new life in California, and what was interesting is like they were there for six weeks and nobody knew. So there is a world that they can exist where people are not leaking information to the press. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. That and exists. it was cute seeing them throw Archie his first birthday party oh. and having Doria there with them. Like, I think having her there with them means so much to the both of them because, like, obviously he lost his mom. And just to be around a normal person who isn't part of, like, any celebrity Hollywood mm-hmm. world is just probably so refreshing and comforting to them because um, Doria truly does not fuck around no and she's not going to be talking to anybody i wrote this down when i was watching the show because i was like this story really like this second half really felt like harry's story to me and like his yes. journey through his own personal trauma and to megan's point like he was doing his thing before he met her but there was a part of harry before he met megan that was comfortable with this being the outcome for his life Mm-hmm. I feel really strongly about that. And you're right. The, seeing like him running and chasing Archie with Dorian, like having that normalcy, I can only imagine how that feels for him, like mm-hmm. how amazing it feels. And it's just like, it's nice to know that they had some private time. Of course, that, you know, didn't happen. We see these continued attacks by the male. Megan is pregnant again. And this is where we get to Megan, unfortunately, suffering a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, I, I'm a little bit torn on Harry's comments when it came to the miscarriage, um, talking about how she suffered the miscarriage because of what the male did. But again, I do feel the same way with what I said about Megan talking. Like, I don't think he means it the way that it might be structured like Mm -hmm. I think he means like it impacted her emotionally and the stress yeah but it was just like I think that was like a tough thing and people took that from the docuseries and kind of ran with that in a bad way oh well they also of course yeah of course they they are of course they are yeah that was really hard and then but I like that they then started to I think because they had that moment where they really got to decompress for a minute Mm -hmm. and just be quiet and not be out and about um, and in the press everywhere all the time when during that six weeks, I think it really grounded them and allowed them to reset in a way where they're like, okay, if the spotlight is going to be on us and everyone's going to be talking about us, we're going to do something with our platform. Yeah. Like we're going to do it without 
with not on the queen's behalf, we're still going to do what we love to do, and that is be philanthropists. Yes. Activists and advocates. Because this was also during COVID, Black Lives Matter, the election. Like, Mm -hmm. this was all happening at the same time. Yes. Crazy. And, oh, I mean, this is all happening at the same time. Meg suffers her miscarriage. She comes back. She ends up being pregnant with Lilibet. We do the Oprah interview, and they claim in the docuseries that they saw the Oprah interview at the same time as the rest of the world. And I mean, that interview was a bombshell. Oh, it was like my Super Bowl. I remember, (laughs) like, the person I was watching it with, I was like, you can't talk until the commercials. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know who what you think you're doing. And then I will never forget during one of the commercials, he looked at me and he was like, oh, that's Diana's son. And I was like, no. get out. Yeah. You're like, divorce. I was like, you got to go. <laughs> um, you are stepping down as a senior royal. <laughs> literally. I was like, you need to leave. Um, but that interview was so explosive. And it was one of the first times in a long time I felt it was like must watch TV. Like Ugh. everyone was watching it. Everyone was talking about it. was watching. Everyone was. And then the next day or so, the palace released... A crazy ass statement. In my opinion, oh my gosh. It, was, it was so bananas. They were like, we didn't know the extent of what Megan was going through. It's like, you didn't. Yes, you Are did. Are you fucking crazy? Absolutely, you did. And it's like, oh, we also, you know, on that interview, they talked about somebody asking about the color of Archie's skin. Mm. And they kind of imply who it was in the docuseries, William Kauf. Mm-hmm. Um, Which also was a little shocking. I, I was shocked. But again, like the I was more that we're hearing Camilla. from them. Oh, see, I thought that it was, it was like Charles. Or, or Philip. Yeah. But like hearing it was William was like kind of, again, not the best look for you, Bill. <laughs> no, and it wasn't directly like it was William, but it was like, they talked about it, and then the next second, he goes, I just got a text from my brother. And Megan, yeah. like, he, he showed Megan the phone, and she goes, what am I looking at? <laughs> and he was like, a text from my brother. <laughs> she was like, okay. And, like, yeah. gave him a hug, because clearly what was in that text was, was not Because good. then that, they also paired that with William walking and being interviewed by the press, asking about, are you a racist family? Yeah. And he looked and at Kate, them and says, yeah. we are not a racist family. Yeah. But that was yes. also when they were doing that weird photo op, like that coincidental, like I know, yeah, it was really bizarre behavior they again on their them. parts. It was just very strange, and mm-hmm. like again, the two of them being a team. Megan's like, "Let's take a breather." When he gets that text, they get some air. They don't talk about the content, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, kind of coming off of this, we discover that Prince Philip is dying. He passes away. Harry has to go back to the UK for the funeral. He flies American Airlines. Get Iconic. those points. <laughs> yeah, get those points. Get and that And there's those medallion. photos of him with his little duffel coming off the plane. Yeah. I love that he flew American. <laughs> Can I just tell you? I'm like, not, even not Delta. a fan. I know. I'm a Delta girly, so I was very- Yeah, Delta loyal. I'm Delta loyal. Yeah. Hardcore. Platinum member. Megan and Harry <laughs> didn't give a fuck. No. But, like, I can only imagine how uncomfortable it was going mm-hmm. back for this funeral. Harry, first of all, you're on your own without mm-hmm. Megan, who you two are each other's rocks, you know? Mm-hmm. They look at each other, she said, and they just find each other in the chaos and they're calm. So, like, I can only imagine. And he talks about the fact that it didn't feel like an appropriate time to talk about the interview or what happened, but, like, they had to talk about it. And they talked about it, and it was not great. No genuine apology. And Harry said that he goes, it was, in quotes, the same misinterpretation of the situation. Like, it was basically William and Charles just digging in their heels, not not budging, and not seeing at all what Harry is saying, which I don't know how that could even be, but... Hopefully they watched the documentary and came around, but I don't think they did. I don't think so. And I I mean, they get through the funeral. And that was like, that funeral, it was nice to see the brothers walking together behind 
mm-hmm. um, the casket, especially understanding how low of a place the two of them were. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's all for show, clearly, because mm-hmm. we go back to Cali. We have Lilibet. Tyler Perry's a godfather. <laughs> Tyler Perry's the godfather. He goes, do I have to go to church? And they were like, no. He's like, okay, good. Because that's not happening. Do all the thing. Go over there and do all those things. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. I was like living for him. I, really I know. Was. I know, Samantha. I was I living. <laughs> and then we start to find out. This kind of all comes to, not a close, but we get to sort of the end of the series when Megan and Harry are starting to navigate their lawsuit with the UK. And things start to come up, and it is, again, allegedly implied. And if am I recollecting this correctly? It was allegedly, or was it fully implied that it was William's fully implied. team leaked the letter? William's team did leak the letter. Tell me more about that, because I okay. feel like I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't want to get it wrong. No. What if I'm wrong? <laughs> You're not. Um, so it was William slash Harry's team. But yep. obviously, it wasn't Harry's team anymore. But they leaked it. William's team leaked it, thinking that they could get away with saying, oh, it was Harry's team, too. They obviously knew about it. And there was this really, I found, relatable moment in the kitchen between um, Harry, Meghan, and... Um, was it Doria? No, it was one of their friends. Who was like, oh, the girl who was running Archwell. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. He goes, why do you think I left? Like, this is why. Because they keep doing this. And Megan, the so relatable, was just like, it's your brother. I mm-hmm. don't know what to say. It's your brother. I'm like, everyone who's ever dated someone has been there. Yeah. And they're like, it's your mom. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. Like, it it's was so, so relatable and so obvious. And it was just like they're trying to get away with doing this and leaking this letter. And it's so disgusting because they can't leak something without the approval of the person they're working for. Right. Which means William would have had to approve mm-hmm. that being leaked. Mm-hmm. And while, um, you know, their aide still denies those allegations, Megan won the case. So right. twice. Twice. Right. <laughs> To make that clear, she's won it twice because it's so fucking obvious. It's insane. And I mean, we get at the end of the doc, we get Megan reading her wedding speech. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But what I will say is like, we know she reconnects with her niece, Samantha's daughter. We see their life like starting anew now mm-hmm. from this point on in California. And it's just so nice. And she ends it saying, I ask you to raise a glass to the astounding assurance that life now begins and the everlasting knowing that above all love wins. And I will say, I think for these two, love has won. Won. A hundred percent. And they just keep winning. These two will just just keep winning. Winning. Mm -hmm. Well, seeing Harry just being able to drive down the beach and like be (sighs) with his kids and be in peace, like it was honestly really touching. Like, I, I could get emotional talking about it, but I won't. And with Jeannie. Jeannie, oh my God, Eugenie, like, I cannot. Oh, love. Back that girl so hard. Jeannie's queenies. Like, Jeannie's I'm queenies. so <laughs> happy that they are close and that he still has an element of family mm-hmm. um, on his side as well, you know? Yeah. Well, she's probably like, dude, my dad's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> think of the things they talk about. She's probably like, you think. She's like, I wish they would talk about my dad, mm-hmm. please. Um, my final thoughts, honestly, this is going to be so lame. But my biggest takeaway is that these two fucking love each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that is such a lame takeaway, but they really do just have a very good relationship. Yeah, I'm sure that they fight and obviously they have their problems, but they have just this they stand with each other and it was so beautiful and I loved this documentary. Like I want there to be more from them. Me too. Just about their life. Like I don't want to talk about the Royals again. Um, I'm glad. I feel like they put like a really nice bow on this and it can just be done. Um, I know that more shit will definitely come out in the book, but oh, yeah. I'm more excited for the book. Not even about the Megan stuff. I want to know the stuff that happened like – Childhood. Childhood. Because there's this video. Oh, yeah. Trauma. 
Uh, Harry has some trauma. Yep. And there's this video. I don't know if you've seen it going around of him. Well, he's in the military. And he's, um, and it's not the hot video where he's okay. running with his shirt off. It's not that one. It's one where he's talking about his time. He's super young in this. And he's talking about, like, the guys that he's with. And he's like, yeah, they all have photos of family members and this and that. And he's like, I don't have that. Like, my walls are bare. So it I don't was, know this. Yeah. So I'll send it to you after. Okay. It's like, even pre-Megan, he was already kind of, like, not with the fam in that Mm -hmm. way you know yeah he felt his own isolation yeah wow that was deep in terms of a final thought again i wrote this down i'm such a nerd like megan (laughs) (laughs) so nerdy there was a quote that somebody said i think it was in the fourth episode around the wedding i think it was somebody that was like um there for the wedding, like a spectator. And they mm-hmm. said, this couple is the one that is going to change the face of the royal family for me. And I know at the time they meant it, it was a black person who said this. So I know that they meant it like they felt represented and seen. I like, mm-hmm. uh, like I understand that as a person of color as well. But I think what is so interesting is like how that phrase could be taken after watching this. And it's like this docu-series changed the face of the royal family for me and it not really in a good did. way. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the royal family is down pretty bad right now. And I think they're hurting. I'm counting hurting. on you, King Charles. I am counting on you. I have faith. I know. Don't let I, me down. I hope at the coronation we get to see see them all together. Me too. And dissect all of that body language. So I'm oh, excited yes. for that. Yeah, it'll be good. Actually, you know what my last final thought is Harry is a jealous hater snake. <laughs> and that's my final Period. thought. Period. On on God. <laughs> on God. <laughs> All right. It's time for our favorite game of mail or fail. One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the other has been completely made up by our producers. Will we spot the mail or will we fail? Take it away. Okay, so option number one is arch rivals Will and Harry's sons, Archie and George, are pitted to be rivals after fallout from documentary. Option number two, crown and out, Meghan and Harry warned to stay away from King Charles' coronation or be booed. Mm, those both feel really real to me. I know. Um, I'm going I'm option one. Is the fail or the male? The male, sorry. I think option one is real. Because okay. I could see somebody trying to pit, you know, their their next reign of pitting people against each other. Yeah. And, you know, they're like 10 years old and two. So <laughs> it's like a little nuts. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to agree. Let's see okay. what it is. Oh, we were wrong. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Crown and out, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry warn they face being booed at King Charles' coronation as they're told to stay away. Um, so he's getting his coronation is happening on... May 6th at Westminster Abbey. I can't fucking wait for this. I will be seated because I want to see the looks that people turn out with, you know, and I mean, I'm excited. I am so excited for this coronation because I do want to know if Harry and Meghan attend. Like, it is Archie's birthday that day, so perhaps they won't. But the tension, if they do not hash it out like they suggested that we talked about in Tea and Crumpets, like, the tension will be palpable. And like, on you know, easier note, I want to see the outfits. I want to no, see. No, I know. Outfits. Like, we are who we are at our core, and at our core, we just want to know what they're wearing. Correct. Shallow, but true. Shallow queens. That's us. <laughs> Markle sparkles for life. So to finish up, let's name our spotted dick for the episode. So who has been a real steamed pudding this week? I feel like we're gonna say the same person. William. William. Ugh. Please, child. The second you leaked that story, the letter, excuse me, to the press, no. Mm-hmm. You are a spotted dick, sir. Yeah, he's really, he's really taken such a, a nosedive, you know? Yeah. he A glow down. That's what I texted gl- you. <laughs> he really has had a glow down. Because I don't, you know, he was quite literally the most handsome man in the world. Like, he was every teenage girl's dream. Oh, my gosh. And then um, that hairline, you know, God doesn't like ugly. And he'll no. punish. It was not good. No. It's a real so, blowdown. 
Yeah, William, it's it's William. He's the spotted dick. So that's it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. Please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Thursday, so be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss out on our next episode. And thank you all for your amazing comments, for rating and reviewing. Tell your royally obsessed friends. And make sure you follow me at Lex Nico. And you can follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the bitch. Betches.